noticing those thoughts. Start recognizing them from with curiosity. Oh, isn't that interesting? I am having a thought about. And when you say, I am having a thought about, that separates you from your thought. Because your thoughts aren't true. They're just learned experiences. They're things you've learned or decisions you've made that aren't necessarily true at all. Welcome to Breaking Money Silence, a podcast series aimed at helping all of us talk more openly about money. Your host, Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, is a wealth psychology expert who is doing what she does best, speaking about taboo topics. International speaker, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection, Kathleen understands money and our relationship with it. Now, here is Kathleen. This episode is sponsored by Life Transitions by Dr. Amy. When it comes to life's challenges, there are two types of people, those experiencing the change and the professionals advising them. Life Transitions by Dr. Amy walks beside both, helping financial professionals and individuals navigate more gracefully through any life change. To find out more, visit dramy.life. I am so excited to have my guest on today. She is someone that I have admired for many, many years and uh, was fortunate enough to get to know after publishing my first book. It is Barbara Hewson. She was previously known as Barbara Stanny, and she's a leading authority on women, wealth, and power. She's a best-selling author, financial therapist, teacher, and wealth coach, and Barbara has literally helped millions take charge of their financial lives. She is the author of six books, and her seventh book, Rewire for Wealth, was published in January of 2021. And the reason I wanted to have her on is not only do I admire her work and benefit from her work, but one of her early books, Overcoming Underearning, really changed my life. So thank you, Barbara, so much for joining the podcast today. Oh, Kathleen, thank you. That was such a nice inter- introduction. Thank you so much. You just you made my day. Well, I always remember when I called you, um, you won't remember this part because I was sitting in the car. I was outside at TJX and I was thinking about writing my second book. And some, uh, I called you and we had an appointment and you were so encouraging. Um, and I just love when fellow authors can be supportive of each other's work. So I certainly wanted to support you with this great new book, Rewire for Wealth. So tell me a little bit, because when I, I started reading this book, what really struck me was something that I can identify with, and I'm sure other people can as well, is that you really started out talking about being burnt out and done with writing, but here you are with your seventh book. So tell me and the listeners a little bit about what inspired you to do this again. So, right. So I had, I've been doing what I'm doing for 25 years, being a financial therapist. And um, I love what I do. I like, it is, I, it is not a job. It's not a career. It's like my ministry. It's like what I was born to do. And I, and it was after my last book came out, I, something happened. I lost the weirdest thing. I lost interest in my work. I kept feeling like something was missing. Like I wasn't doing it right. And I became very, obsessed with this. And I became, it's almost like I dreaded going to work uh, and I couldn't figure it out. And so 
finally, it was taking the fun out of it for me. So finally, I just said, okay, I'm just going to take some time. I'm going to step back. I'm going to not take on new clients, not take on new projects, not, and just see, maybe I'm, maybe I'm done. Maybe I'm supposed to stop. And so I prayed, I prayed a lot. And one day I was on email and I was just kind of going through it. And there was an article on neuroscience. And I started reading this article and I swear, Kathleen, it's like some part of my brain must have lit up like a slot machine that said, this is it. This is the missing piece. And I realized the more I read about neuroscience and the more I realized if I could incorporate neuroscience into the work I was doing, I would greatly expedite women's learning curve and I would very much reduce their resistance and build up their confidence. And so that's what I've been doing for the past six years is incorporating neuroscience into my work and creating a system to help women train their brain, to train their mind, to rewire their brain for wealth and well-being and whatever else they want. <laughs> That's wonderful to get re-inspired and to, to really explore a new area of your work. And having read the book, I know that you kind of folded in all your knowledge into this system that you've developed. And it brains are so powerful, but you said something that was really interesting to me that stood out. And I'm actually going to quote you. Uh, in the book, you mentioned women's brains and men's brains process financial information differently. Men see investing in the market as a challenge women see investing in the market as a threat. And what I was curious about, given the work that I do, is, is this indeed a generalization or is this actually based on hard science that you've discovered? I don't know if it's based on hard science, but there has been a lot of research into that men and women view finances and financial information very differently based on the way they have been conditioned and they have been raised. And so when you think about it, our brain from the beginning of time, millions and millions and millions of years ago, developed for one reason and one reason only. It had only one task. And it's true since the day we were born. The task of our brain is survival, to make sure we stay out of danger and we survive. And so we women who have been conditioned over the millennial and certainly historically to men have been conditioned to be the hunter, the gatherers, to go out, bring home the bacon and we fry it up in the pan, you know. And so we have not been conditioned to be to be to handle money. And that's not to say that many women aren't great, but the fact that we see investing as a threat and we are much more aware of the potential for loss than men's brains are, perhaps let's hold back. But what they've also seen is our reluctance to hold, our reluctance to jump in with both feet, our, our kind of lack of confidence and fear has actually made us better investors because men would tend to be overconfident and take far greater risks. And we women, we tend to have a hold and, you know, buy and hold attitude, which of course is much more profitable over time. And so they have shown that women make better investors than men. 
I know. Isn't that great? I just love that. Um, and so so I, I think what we're saying is the same thing in our work, is that it's really that socialization. And, and, and you're right that the more we're socialized, the more it's kind of woven into the fabric of our society that somehow women aren't supposed to be good at this, or it's not sexy if you, uh, you know, are into investing that somehow, or you're profit motivated. And that for men, the message is so, so different. And so it's interesting because when you talk about the conditioning, you know, we're getting so many of those messages and I feel like they're changing for women, but I'm not sure they're changing fast enough. What do you think? Oh, they're not changing fast enough at all because you look at the you look at the statistics that that women still are reticent about investing. We are reluctant and we lack the confidence. And that's been proven over and over and over and over again. And so, yeah, it's changing, but changing slowly. So when you're talking about the lack of confidence and in this particular uh, Breaking Money Silence podcast series that you're participating in is about boosting female confidence, how can neurofinance, this new field you talk about in the book, how can that be helpful uh, in boosting women's financial confidence? Because you spoke about how we've been conditioned and our brain is a product of our conditioning. We have learned who we are from our family, from our teachers, from the kids at school, from the culture. We, we've just learned who we are. And a lot of that learning, a lot of the things we picked up are not true. And our brain controls our behavior. And so we tend to hold back. So when you understand how to shift, how to rewire your brain for greater confidence, it's really, it's, it's really a remarkable process. And you have to understand that the brain, how the brain and the mind work together. So the brain is a physical organ in our, in our skull that works on electrical chemical impulses. The mind is not a physical organ. It is a non-physical entity, the source of thoughts and feelings. And the way they work together is that what flows through the brain, our thoughts and feelings, is what wires or, sh or shapes our brain. So when you can shift and change the mind, you are rewiring and changing your brain. And therefore, you change your behavior. So would it be right to say, Barbara, that that's why developing and understanding your money story and then most importantly, shifting that money story to include really positive money mantras or new money scripts is really key because you're retraining your brain? It's not enough. It's not enough. It's key. Okay. It's not so enough. say more. Yeah. Let, me, let me tell you what I have developed over these six years is that Rewiring your brain is a three-step process. And I'll tell you those three steps and I'll briefly explain and then if you want to go in deeper, we can. Okay? So the three steps are recognize, reframe, and respond differently. And so what that means is you don't have to look at your whole money story, which is, is a good thing to do. That's not wrong. But what I, what's more important is to look at what your thoughts are to start recognizing, just start observing your thoughts and notice particularly any negative 
or unhealthy or maladaptive or unhappy thoughts you are having. And you recognize it, not with judgment and not with criticism, as most of us do, but with curiosity. So, oh, I'm, I notice that I'm feeling like my, one of my, one of my big ones is I don't have what it takes. I don't have what it takes. And so I'll notice, oh, I'm having a thought about I don't have what it takes, or I'm having a thought about I'm not enough, or I'm having a thought about, oh, there's never enough. Whatever that is, start noticing those thoughts, start recognizing them from with curiosity. Oh, isn't that interesting? I am having a thought about. And when you say, I am having a thought about, that separates you from your thought. Because your thoughts aren't true. They're just learned experiences. They're things you've learned or decisions you've made that aren't necessarily true at all. So you say, oh, isn't that interesting? I'm having a thought about not being enough. Or I'm having a thought about I don't have what it takes. Or I'm having a thought about there's never enough. It's not true. It's a thought I'm having. So you just observe the thought with curiosity, not criticism, not judgment, and definitely not analyzing. Well, where did this come from? Because the more you think that thought, the more you put emotion into it, the digger, the deeper you're digging that neural pathway. So the first step is to notice, to recognize that feeling with curiosity. Then the second step... I'm going to stop you. I know there's... I know there's two more, but I, I have to, as a former uh, therapist, jump in. What you're saying is that it's best not to really spend too much time on going down the path of where did that message come from and really analyzing it because that makes the neuropathways that you're used to having deeper as opposed to creating new ones. I just want to make sure I heard you separate, uh, correctly because, as you know, a lot of traditional therapy is about that. Yes. And if you're in therapy or you're going to a therapist, there's a place for that. Okay. There, there's a place for that. This is about efficiently rewiring your brain and you don't need to, but if you get stuck, particularly, so one of the things that became very apparent to me, if you have experienced any kind of trauma, and it doesn't mean you grew up in a war, war, in a war zone, or you were in a war, or you had uh, you were beaten unmercifully. It doesn't. That doesn't. Trauma is any time you were uh, mistreated or neglected or any kind of treatment that made you feel awful about yourself. That um, that stored itself in your nervous system. So if you've had trauma it's really hard to rewire because that trauma is so in your mm -hmm. nervous system. So if that there's a place for therapy. But if so if you find yourself getting stuck and not being able to rewire, I'm a, I call myself a financial therapist. I was trained as a therapist. So yes, there's a place. But for the purposes of this, I wanted to see if I could create a process that speeds up the learning curve without getting people so embedded uh, in analyzing. So did that make sense? Yep. No, that makes sense to me. So great. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely makes sense to me, having worked in the coaching and therapy world, knowing the difference and kind of getting a sense. So it's really about the efficiency of being able to change. It's not about being stuck. It's about first just, and what I really like about what you're saying is it's noticing the thought and separating yourself from it, that you're not it, that it's just a thought that you're having. So right. what are the next two steps? 
So after you notice, oh, I'm having a thought about not being enough, or I'm having a thought about being stupid. Isn't that interesting? Then you reframe it. You say, how can I see this differently? You find a new way to interpret it because everything we see is only our interpretation. All our experiences are simply interpretations of a situation. How can I interpret this differently? And for me, when I started having this thought, I don't have what it takes and I would get scared and I would literally, it's like I couldn't move forward. I reframed it to say, oh, I can handle this. I can handle this. Now, I did I believe it? No, you don't have to believe it because all those beliefs in your head, at first, you didn't necessarily believe them. You just repeated them often enough that they became embedded as beliefs. So I, so you reframe it. How can I see this differently? And basically what you're doing is shifting from seeing through the eyes of, love, of fear to the eyes of love. How can I interpret it from a more loving place? And so once you interpret it differently, you reframe it and replace it with that new thought or affirmation. The third step, and this is the important one, this was what was missing when we were talking, is you need to respond differently. So unless, it's not enough just to change your mindset. You must reinforce it by changing your behavior. Because when you change your behavior, that's what the re when the rewiring happens. When you change your behavior, like I didn't want to do this project because I didn't think I had what it takes. I didn't understand it. I felt really incapable. And I kept saying, oh, I can handle this. I can handle this. And I made myself do the things I didn't want to do. I made myself do the things that everything in me said, don't do it. I made myself do things that were very uncomfortable. And that didn't feel normal. I made myself do them. And after a little bit, it started getting easier and easier. So it's not enough just to, to reframe. You, it's not enough to say, okay, I'm going to think differently. You have to act on that thought as, as if it's true. And it is the action that starts weakening the old neural pathways and starts building, building new ones. So what a great system. So you notice you reframe, and then I love this because I, I often am an action type gal. I like to put, put theory into practice, um, take action. And so for people who are listening today who are saying, you know what, that sounds like something that might work for me. You know, either I've spent a lot of time trying to figure this out and I feel stuck and I want to try something new or this field of neurofinance sounds interesting to me. Um, what are some of the things that people can do to boost their financial confidence using this particular method? I think the biggest thing is the third step. Do what you don't think you can do. Do what you don't want to do. Do what doesn't feel normal. Because if it, you know, what, what is that saying? Keep doing what you're doing. The, 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 uh, the definition of insanity is doing what you're doing and expecting a different response. <laughs> So, yes. And I think this is where people get tripped up because they get scared. They get scared. And that fear is just the brain saying to you, screaming at you, no, don't do this. It is dangerous because remember, our brain is, has one purpose to keep us safe. And our brain knows how to keep us safe by what it's always done. And that's what's wired in our brain. And our brain, there's such a thing as confirmation bias where our brain will not see, our brain will not do. What does not confirm our beliefs. 
What I love about what you're talking about, Barbara, is this taking action. I tend to be someone who believes in taking action, uh, embracing fear and doing it anyway. And two things are coming to mind. One is my course on breaking money silence on negotiating. Part of what I say is feel the fear and do it anyway. And I didn't know I was changing uh, the pathways in people's brains, but apparently that's why it is often successful. The other thing I'm thinking about is from my own personal life has nothing to do with money, but I, I'm a skier. And so I recently took up backcountry skiing, which is, you know, your heel is free. It's very, very different than downhill skiing. And you go in the backcountry, it's absolutely beautiful, it's quiet, but I'm on a new type of ski. So I go up this hill with a group of my friends the other day, and I keep looking at it thinking, I can't do this, I can't do this. And in my head, I got to the top of the hill, and in fact, I voiced it to people, are you sure I can do this? I don't think I can do this. And I got to the top and I looked at my husband and I said, you know, on regular skis, I could do this in a heartbeat. And so I was like, I'm gonna do it anyway. And so I did it and I made it to the bottom and I had this great sense of satisfaction. But in some ways, I think I'm doing what you're saying people should do around money, that they should say, even though I'm afraid, I'm going to give it a try. And to start to believe a different thought, which is I am capable of it. Now, did I do it beautifully, Barbara? No, I did not. It was not pretty, <laughs> but I made it. <laughs> Does that make sense? It makes total sense because Kathleen, it's about taking action is where the rewiring happens. Taking action is where you stop strengthening the old unhealthy neural pathways and start building new ones. But taking action, not doing the same old, same old, taking action in what doesn't feel normal, comfortable, or scary. And so there's two, two big things that I'm taking away from this conversation with you. One has to do with the taking action, but the other, and it seems to be a theme that's coming up in this uh, series around boosting our financial confidence, has to do with compassion and being compassionate to ourselves. And it's, you know, you mentioned that, some of my other guests have mentioned that. It's so important to not be so critical of ourselves when we're trying to change our relationship with money. Because what we're doing when we get critical is we are reinforcing those neural pathways we want to change. So we're really working against ourselves and compassion. Really, this whole rewiring is about shifting from fear to love. And that is what compassion is, having love and gentleness for ourselves. Oh, I love that message. I love your book, Rewire for Wealth. It's awesome. I think everybody should get a copy and check it out. Before uh, you tell people where they can find the book and certainly you know, contact you, I know you were nice enough to have a special offer for our listeners, Barbara. So can you tell us a little bit more about the special offer and how it might help people take action? Yeah, I think it's a really cool gift. Um, it is an MP3, downloadable MP3, with a series of guided exercises for overcoming under-earning. So these guided visualizations will help shift your behavior from under-earning to becoming a higher earner. And we're going to put a link to that in the show notes. And Barbara didn't even know <laughs> that Overcoming Under-Earning was my favorite book of hers and this is the free gift. Now, I think that's just how things should work out. <laughs> so, Barbara, where can people find out where you're speaking, what you're up to, and certainly where they can get a copy of Rewire for Wealth? The book you can get in any retail store right now. 
but you can you can go to my website, Barbara Hyphen Houston, Barbara Dash H U S O N dot com, and you'll see the whole book. You'll, there's just lots of information on there. Awesome. Well, I just love following your work. You're always inspirational to me. I always learn something in our conversations, and I know my listeners did as well. So, Barbara, it's been so wonderful to break money silence with you. Oh, thank you. It's always fun to talk to you, Kathleen. Always. This episode is sponsored by Life Transitions by Dr. Amy. When it comes to life's challenges, there are two types of people, those experiencing the change and the professionals advising them. Life Transitions by Dr. Amy walks beside both, helping financial professionals and individuals navigate more gracefully through any life change. To find out more, visit dramy.life. Thank you for listening to Breaking Money Silence, hosted by Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, a wealth psychology expert, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection. If you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and leave a review. Also, share this episode with your friends and family. It is a great way to get the conversation started. For more money talk tips and information, or to hire Kathleen to speak at your next event, go to www.breakingmoneysilence.com.